Welcome to Let's Talk Micro. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Micro. I hope you had a great week. As always, Let's Talk Micro is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Overcast, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Pandora. Whatever you listen to your podcast, you can find Let's Talk Micro. I am also on Instagram as Let's Talk Micro, no apostrophe, and on Twitter as Let's Talk Micro 1. And I always like to tell you, the audience, so please go ahead and follow. Leave any feedback, any topic suggestions. They are always welcome and appreciated. If you haven't checked out the previous episode, go ahead and do so. I continue going over beta hemolytic strep. So this time, I went over Streptococcus dysgalactiae. And Streptococcus dysgalactiae be- belongs to Lansfield groups C and G. So I added two more. Previously, I had talked about Streptococcus pyogenes, then Agalactiae, pyogenes being A, Agalactiae B, and now Streptococcus dysgalactiae, which is group C or G. So when you're doing the typing, it doesn't type for both. It types for one or the other. So Streptococcus dysgalactiae, it is seen on diseases similar to those of Streptococcus pyogenes. It is thought that the virulence factors resemble those of strep pyogenes, and as far as morphology, it is beta-hemolytic and PYR negative. And I mentioned that you can use the same typing kit that you would use for A and B. This typing kit, the path of the X being a very popular one, it has latex for groups A, B, C, F, and G. And for the students and the technologists, So I was telling you on the previous episode how to start thinking along getting familiar when you're looking at at beta-hemolytic strep. You can start, you know, looking at the morphology. If you do a PYR, if it's positive, that's for A. If it's negative, then you're doing the typing. Look at your colonies. Milky white, beta-hemolytic, not as strong, looking white on chocolate. It's group B, typically. So then you will start with the latex for B. And then if you have green colonies on blood, um, chocolate, PYR negative, then you will go ahead and start with typings C, F, and G. So that's a good way to start, you know, gathering your thoughts in your mind and getting organized and start recognizing these organisms. Always using your blood plate for beta hemolysis. And I went over of the Vitek and the Molotov that are used to identify Streptococcus dysgalactiae. With the Molotov, Streptococcus dysgalactiae is going to give you a low discrimination between two subspecies, and that's okay. There is no need to do any confirmatory testing. There is no need to repeat it. You can go ahead and report your organism as Streptococcus dysgalactiae. And then with the Vitek, to a lesser extent, Sometimes you might get a little discrimination between Streptococcus agalactiae and dysgalactiae. At this point in time, go ahead and do the typing. Or if you have done so already, go ahead and refer to it. So Streptococcus agalactiae types B, dysgalactiae, C, or G. So let's go back to the scenario that I had given in the previous episode. You have a beta-hemolytic strep. Your catalase is negative. PYR negative. You see that the colonies are 
green on chocolate, then you go ahead and perform your typing and you get, let's say you get type C or you get type G. So does this mean that you have Streptococcus dysgalactiae? If you answer yes, that's incorrect. I mentioned before that Lancel groups C or G are not exclusive to Streptococcus dysgalactiae. So today I am going to talk about another group of streps of strep that has those antigens, the C or G. So they belong to the Lancel groups C or G. And this is the Streptococcus anginosus group. They are part of the viridan strep, which is a large and complex group of human strep. The Streptococcus anginosus group is composed of three species. Streptococcus anginosus, Streptococcus intermedius, and Streptococcus constellatus. The same question as with the Scalactiae arises. Are they are normal flora, pathogenic? Do they inhabit the body? Well, Streptococcus anginosus group, they are normal microbiota of the oropharynx, urogenital, and gastrointestinal tract. They are associated with abscess formation of the brain, oropharynx, or peritoneal activity. They have, they have also been implicated as an emerging pathogen in the respiratory tract of cystic fibrosis patients. So we have three species, right? And I just mentioned them, anginosus, constellatus, and intermediate. So are they all isolated from the same sites of the body, from the same part of the body? Um, do you get one in a different area more than the other? Well, as far as sites go, Streptococcus anginosus is frequently isolated from the urogenital tract, Streptococcus constellatus from the respiratory tract, and Streptococcus intermedius from liver and brain abscesses. So now that we know which parts of the body they are typically recovered from, uh, which parts they are normal microbiota on, and what disease states they are associated with, let's go ahead and talk about morphology. So as far as morphology, um, the colonies in this group, they are small, actually smaller than other beta strep. However, unlike the other beta strep, species of the anginosus group, they can exhibit all three types of hemolysis. So they can be alpha, they can be beta, or they can be gamma. So keep this in mind, you can have an alpha member of the Streptococcus anginosus group, and you can have a gamma member of the Streptococcus anginosus group. But one thing to keep in mind, this is very important, is that when you do the latex typing, you do it for beta hemolytic morphologies. So you don't do the typing on an alpha anginosus or a gamma anginosus. It is for beta hemolytic Streptococcus anginosus. And by anginosus, I mean anginosus group. So keep, that in, keep this in mind. We have the group, which is called the Streptococcus anginosus group, and then you have three members, one of them being named Streptococcus anginosus. And as far as which species exhibits which type of hemolysis, so typically Streptococcus constellatus is the one that is typically the most frequently, is most frequently beta hemolytic. 
and Streptococcus intermedius is the one that is the least hemolytic. Because the colonies are small, sometimes you might have a hard time telling if the culture is pure on the initial culture read. So at that point in time, you're going to have to incubate or sometimes, you know, you're looking at your plate, your blood plate, and then you have maybe some colonies. Is this alpha? Is this beta? Maybe I'm seeing two morphologies. So at that case, you can do, in that case, you can do two things. You can either incubate your plate, you know, call it too young, and then look at it the next day. Or if you see some distinction, some isolated colonies, go ahead and sub them out uh, to a blood plate and then the next day, evaluate them. You can get a scenario where both colonies the next day look the same, or they can be different. Sometimes you can have an infection, you can have, in a culture, let's say, you can have a, a constellatus and an intermediate with two different types of hemolysis. So you can have one being alpha, let's say, one being beta. So you, you can have this scenario. But you always want to make sure you subculture it to make sure that either, you know, subculture it or incubate it to make sure that you can proceed the right way. And one thing that differentiates the Streptococcus anginosus group from other strep, it's the fact that they actually smell like butterscotch. Yes, that's right. I said butterscotch. You know, like some uh, different organisms, they have a smell when you're on, on the bench, you know, working them. Like people say that, you know, like Pseudomonas is described as having a grape-like odor. Um, also, people say tortilla chips. I once heard someone call, say that it smells like a Payless shoe store. So you have all these descriptions of odors. So Streptococcus anginosus, the members of this group, they have like a, a butterscotch smell, right? It reminds you of butterbeer and the Harry Potter world. How wonderful. A disclaimer, you should never smell plates. You know, sometimes when you open the incubator, it hits you. And when you're working them up, you can help getting the smell. But just for you students out there and for even technologists, don't go smelling plates. That is something that you should not be doing. So let's go ahead and talk about media. What kind of media does Streptococcus anginosus grows on? Well, just like this, galact this galactia, it grows well on blood, chocolate, PEA, and CNA. It also grows well on CDC agar. As far as biochemicals, they are catalase and PYR negative. And like I said before, if you do a PYR and it's positive, you have ruled them out. If it's negative, you have not. So at that point in time, you go ahead and perform your strep typing. And what is the landfill classification for streptococcus anginosus? Well, they have the antigens A, C, F, or G. However, in the lab, you typically see C, F, and G. Those are the most common ones. As far as which species goes to which, you know, reacts to which latex, uh, which antigen it has, so most species of constellatus or intermediates, they react with the F latex. So that means that most species of constellatus or intermediates, they are Lansfield group F. And then as far as constellatus, it is divided into three subspecies. Just a little more information. Constellatus, pharynges, and viborgensis. And an interesting fact is that subspecies pharynges 
is usually type C and it is beta hemolytic. And like the name says, it is also associated with pharyngitis. So now we are comparing Streptococcus dysgalactiae, lancel groups C and G, and then Streptococcus anginosus group, lancel groups C, F, or G. So when you are working on the bench, if you get a typing C, and this is more for the benefit of the students, if you get a typing C, or if you get a typing G, your possible choices are Streptococcus dysgalacti or Streptococcus anginosus. And of course, one has the butterscotch, butterscotch smell and the other doesn't, and you will still need to perform an ID. But for your students out there, a good question could be, and I like to do this with students, if you're typing a beta strip and you get a C or a G result, what are your possible choices? And the answer to that will be Streptococcus dysgalactiae or Streptococcus anginosus. And if you get a type F, Streptococcus anginosus. As far as commercial methods go, they are identified by systems such as the Vitek and Molitov, same as you do the other strip. And you might get a low discrimination in the Molitov between species of the anginosus group. You know, at this point in time, you can go ahead and report it report your organism as Streptococcus anginosus group, or maybe you can go ahead and put it on the Vitek and see what you get. Susceptibilities are performed, which are done for this galactic as well. So that's one thing that I didn't mention in the previous episode, but for both of these, we actually do susceptibilities in the lab. Vitek identifies it really well, and keep in mind, like I said again, that the typing is for members that are beta hemolytic only. If you have a member of the Streptococcus anginosus group that is alpha or gamma hemolytic, go ahead and proceed to identify it by a commercial method, such as the Vitek or Molitov. As far as molecular and PCR-based methods that I mentioned in previous episodes, right? I like to talk about like there are systems like for blood cultures that can end can identify Streptococcus pyogenes, Streptococcus agalactiae, Staph aureus, Staph So as far as molecular systems to identify Streptococcus anginosus, some of those, the same ones that can identify Staph aureus, group A strep, group B strep, such as the Eplex from Genmark, or the Verigene from Luminex, so those will also identify Streptococcus anginosus, but it will not speciate it. So it, just, it will just give you a Streptococcus anginosus group. And at that point in time, you will have to perform an ID by a method such as the Vitek or Molitov to fully speciate it. But the good thing is that it is available for Streptococcus anginosus, so you have the, the, those systems can actually detect it. So that's a good thing. So now that we have talked about morphology, biochemicals, typing, and Lanceville groups, I want to go over two species of beta-hemolytic strep that you might encounter in the lab, but to a lesser extent. And these are Streptococcus pseudoporcinus and Streptococcus canis. One important thing about Streptococcus pseudoporcinus 
is that it can react with the B-Latex of the Lansfield typing. But you students out there, or new technologists, or maybe experienced technologists that hasn't encountered this, do not panic. This is infrequent, and also at the same time, the morphology of Streptococcus pseudoporcinus is not the same as Streptococcus agalactiae. So that's one thing that you always have to keep in mind, that when you have these typings and you're confirming ID by these methods, you have to make sure the morphology matches what, you know, what is expected of the organisms. And of course, the organisms, they don't read textbooks, they don't go to school, so they will do their own thing. So if you have an atypical morphology for an organism, then you need to confirm by using a by using a, a Vitek or Malditov or one of these commercial methods. Because typically, like I mentioned before, when you do the typing, the latex typing, for strep A and B, you can go ahead and call them Streptococcus pyogeny, pyogenes and Streptococcus agalactiae, respectively. But if you have an atypical morphology, you need to go ahead and put it on one of the instruments to get an actual, a formal ID. So Streptococcus pseudoporcinus doesn't look like Streptococcus agalactiae. So at that point in time, the morphology is not the same, so you're putting it on an instrument, and then you will catch it. So keep Streptococcus pseudoporcinus in mind. And it has been isolated from the female genitourinary tract. So let's remember that. And as far as Streptococcus canis, like I said, it's beta-hemolytic. This one, it types for G. And this is a strep seen in animals that can be seen in humans. And like I mentioned, you might encounter it in the lab, but to a lesser extent. So you have some many, many choices. So this is why one of the reasons that when you have C, F, or G, you need to confirm, you know, you need to identify it by any of the other commercial methods. So don't worry, if you get a, a strep G that types for G, I mean, you still need to put it on the instrument. So if you get a, a strep canis, don't be surprised. It will actually make sense. But like I mentioned, you know, these two are, are seen to a lesser extent. But it is good to correlate this information because typically when you have a strep that types G, it is streptococcus dysgalactiae or anginosus. So don't panic if you see a canis. This is correct. It types for G. So by now you have learned about two more species of strep, you know, this galactic and the anginosus group. So for your students out there, it's good to start making some sort of flow chart. I actually did one and I posted it on my Instagram page. So go ahead and check it out. It organizes it by catalase, PYR result, typing result. So that way you can start organizing all this stuff in your mind. And then the two that are seen the least, you know, Pseudoporcinus and Canis, it is just to keep in mind that when you have a morphology that doesn't correspond to a test, you need to go ahead and perform an ID by another method. And also, if, if you ever get an ID like the Canis, but you did the typing and it was G, it makes sense. So this is good stuff to learn to keep in your mind. So go ahead and start organizing all this stuff. You know, it's Galactiae, Anginosus, what the Lansfield groups are, and put everything together in some sort of flowchart. 
so it can help you study for your test. And that, my dear audience, it's the end of this episode. I hope you enjoy learning about the Streptococcus anginosus group. As always, I enjoy sharing this information with you. Continue bringing that passion to what you do. Continue staying motivated. Continue staying safe. It is so, this is such an important work we do. So being motivated and continue educating yourself. You know, th that, those things are very important. Education and motivation. So as always, stay motivated, stay safe, and of course, continue talking micro until the next time. Bye.